Only the lonely. Like the football season, we're back to discuss goings on at our beloved club. Back from the brink, Jim Ballantyne meets the fans to confirm what we'd all feared. A near miss with insolvency, no manager, no money and a threadbare squad. We look at the continuing fallout from our ownership issues. Well that's just Barry. Another bizarre episode in the life of Airdrionians as Barry Ferguson has all but announced Airdrie manager only for it to be confirmed as another Risto Stoichkov for the Diamonds. We look at what his appointment might have meant for the club. Reasons to be cheerful? Amid the farce and the gloom, there's been football. Results as expected, but performances have helped to raise the spirits. Could their young team inflict some damage this season? I'm joined again by Danny Lambie and Alan Porteous. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you? Hello there. How have things been since the last episode? What have you been up to? <laughs> we're being mobbed we're in not, the streets. We're not, not prepared feeling. for this. <laughs> <laughs> we're being mobbed in the streets. Who would have thought it would have taken over so 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 much? Yeah, exactly. Um, I've just been doing my garden. Nothing much else. Successfully? Very much so. Will there be some gardening got, tips for I, the second half of this? I've got some prize chrysanthemums <laughs> I'm going to share with you later. <laughs> <laughs> How do you treat chrysanthemums at this time of the season? Well, you just need to make sure you give them a potassium-based oh, fertiliser. Okay. Excellent. Good knowledge. Uh, right, so back to the football. Um, oh, must be. <laughs> back from the brink then. So, uh, after we spoke last time, I think we were pretty much spot on in terms of looking at the Wotherspoon era and what we thought was happening. Um, Jim Ballantyne met with the fans at a public meeting at Airdrie Workman's uh, and, and gave kind of some of the detail. Uh, I wasn't there, neither was Alan, and it wasn't allowed to be recorded. So, Danny, for those of us who couldn't attend, are you able to give a kind of high level as to, to what went on, what you thought the highlights were? Yeah, well, highlights, highlights a word. Um, I mean, basically it was, as we, as we all expected, that Tom Motherspoon's had enough and uh, he's decided not to cut his losses, but he's decided to, to certainly curb his investment in the club this season and he's actively trying to sell the club and in doing so he's, he's, he's obliged to keep it alive but he's keeping it alive on a shoestring um, we've got a threadbare squad DL said this week again that we can't afford a manager and uh, th- there's been a rallying cry to the fans and uh, the, f- the funny thing for me is the meeting. The meeting. I, I admire Jim Ballantyne actually and Anne Marie for for sitting in front of the the um, fans that night and being so open and honest. Or, or we have to believe that they were open and honest and and, and told us the bare truth that things are th- things are going to be very difficult until a new buyer comes in and uh, survival was is is the only real objective. Um, and there was a bit of a blitz spirit. And that evening it was it was a good turnout and people weren't hostile towards the the, the Ballantines uh, per se. The, uh, the, 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 there was some animosity thrown towards Tom Witherspoon, but Jim batted that back and said, you know, Tom came in with the best of intentions and it just didn't work out for him for a number of reasons and he's decided to, uh, it's time to step away. So it wasn't a it wasn't a, an ill-tempered meeting, but it was it, there was this blitz spirit as I say that it came up and. There was a lot of ideas that were generated on the floor and how we might be able to, 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 to raise some money and, and, and help to stabilise the club financially over the next period of time. Um, and that was that was all well and good. So I think what, what I've noticed, what I've observed from speaking to fans and looking at the social media and you know different forums since the meeting is this. There's a, there's a growing resentment towards the situation that Witherspoon's actually left the club in or, or has placed the club in and, and you know I've seen more and more posts about questioning whether it's the fans place to make good the financial commitments that, that people who have a lot more money than the fans have made and uh, you know it'll be interesting to see how the coming weeks once the summer's finished properly and people are back from their holidays it'll be interesting to see how we settle in and uh, whether or not the fans are prepared to keep you know, running 
Blue Peter type appeals to, to pay next month's wages or you know when when the buck will stop quite literally with, with the people that that own the club. Um, and if a buyer isn't found you know this side of Christmas um, it will be very interesting to see how those in charge of the club decide to make ends meet. I, I, what I feel now is um, it's beyond the fans' resource to, to, to make this club viable this season, you know. Um, if we can't hire a manager, which we're being told we can't, if we can't add to the squad, which we've been told we can't, if Dougie doesn't bring in the money plus the £40,000 that he's extra that he's expected to, you know, we can't go around Tesco doing bagpacks with the boys' clubs and, and, and hope to plug that, that, that gap. So things are, are, are where we imagined in the worst-case scenario. Um, and and it's what I'm more interested in is where, where they go over the next six months to a year. And there was, there was some bizarre talk, actually, at the meeting about the plan is to get us to the end of this season and uh, for a new owner to take take control of the club uh, for the, in the close season. Um, but it strikes me if the club's going to be run the way that we're being told it's going to be run on the shoestring that it's going to be run this season, that the value and the, the attractiveness of the club is going to be much lower by the end of the season because, you know, by all accounts, we could be sitting in the bottom tier of the, 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 the league and all of the players that we've got on, under contract will be out of contract, so we'll have no squads, will be sitting in the bottom tier, the fan base will have diminished even further and I, I think a solution is needed a lot closer, a lot quicker than the beginning of the next season. Did you feel the Ballantines were offering any kind of game plan going forward? No, no, not at all. But, but, but to be fair with, to the Ballantines, they, they, they said that, they said that from the offset, there is no plan, they said that to us, to the trusts uh, several times that, you know, the plan is to find a way of paying the wage bill that month and beyond that they hadn't even thought of anything what, what what their objective was and they said on the night what their objective was is to make the club solvent otherwise uh, they could be done for wrongful trading and uh, it was as desperate as that and you know they had just managed to pay the wages the day before the, the, the public meeting um, and had convinced themselves that there was enough money to, to, to keep the club trading um, legally um, but no more. Um, but there was certainly no game plan in terms of, you know, this is how we're going to rebuild or this is how we're going to engage with the business community or this is how we're going to engage with the fan base. It was very much a... Or raise some extra cash. Well, the, 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 the ideas for raising cash were, were put to the floor and there were some decent ideas that came up. But again, I'm thinking, you know, we might raise a couple of grand here, we might raise a couple of grand somewhere else, but... If there's thirty thousand pounds needed every every month, which you know we're led to believe that's the kind of sums of money that we're, we're, we're talking about, that's just not going to be possible. Has Jim phoned up and asked if we're owed any PPI yet? <laughs> that would be a given for mm-hmm. me. I mean, well, I, I mean, I've got these things coming through in my phone every minute of the day. Mm-hmm. It's worth a chance, surely. Oh. There must have been some sort of loan in there. I have. I, I've seen a few Airdrie fans chasing ambulances in the last few weeks. I don't know if that's anything to do yeah. with the fundraising. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'll be honest, the, 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 there was a feeling after the Jim Ballantyne meeting which was a wee bit uplifting. Um, and, you know, the, i seen a... A, 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 a Dunkirk spirit. A, well, it was a blitz spirit. You know, there was, a, there, there was a determination amongst the fan base just to put aside... Uh, petty differences and say right we need to we need to put up or shut up here and and in the coming days you know there were there were a number of people who had been who I would say were dissenters um, and and cynics who actually put their hands in their pockets and committed to buying season tickets for the first time in a number of years etc and saying basically regardless of what we think of the situation and how good or bad and what the rights and the wrongs were it's up to us to do what we can to save the club but as I say the efforts of the 500 or so diehards that go to the Airdrie games, putting pennies here and you know pounds there, I don't think that's going to be enough to plug the gap and keep this club um, viable um, in the medium to long term. I find it really quite difficult because there's, as you say, it's, all, it's very short termism and it's got to be because I guess what's alternative that there's, there's no club, but it's kind of it's the Brooks Milson thing for me, so. Bruce Melson come into Gretna 
free spending great now, bidding Aberdeen for players when they were in the second division, getting to the Scottish Cup final and everybody thought this was a great story and then it all fell out of house of cards because uh, all this money that they were spending they didn't actually have, those debts that were never going to get replayed repaid because they're an even smaller club than us uh, and okay when Grenner get added to the league there was probably 50 to a small number of 100 fans who actually went to games for them that was their club uh, and that was really special uh, and and those are the ones who, who lost out and it, it's it's a much lower level but it's a kind of same thing here how can if you own a football club to me you're almost like a a guardian of that institution for the local community. So when you come in, you should be running it responsibly. And if someone wants to come in and buy the club and invest money in it, then that's great. We're welcome them with open arms. What seems to have happened to me now since we, we last got together is uh, someone's come in with a vision, but actually built up a whole load of liabilities, uh, which mean that it's now in a worse state than it was before he joined us, which is... Um, I think there should be yeah. discontent, anger at, at that because if the, if the club goes bust again, then we'll, we'll know why. Well, if, sorry, I'm going. I just think it's all the more important that, that, that going forward we've got a, a sound board of directors that brings something viable to the table, whether that be you know in, in putting money into the club or, or whether it is bringing a bringing a business new to the to the thing you know mm-hmm. and we, we certainly can't afford anybody getting involved in doing neither no. I mean we, we touched on this last week the uh, last time the, the, the board of directors I think is crucial you know a, a, a proper uh, board of directors with a variety of perspectives and opinions and expertise is crucial but the, the point you made Colin about you know Airtree as a brand and the damage that's been done to Airtree as a brand and, and you know all of the, the community-based work that's been done that raised the profile of the club in a positive manner has been rode roughshod over by, by the, 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 the way that the club's been governed and managed at a board level. And, and looking from the outside, we're a bit of a laughing stock, you know? And, and who, you have to think, who, from a, an intellectual, from a, from, you know, from a, a, a a brain perspective rather than a passion perspective would, would want to get involved and, and, and plough the sums of money that and to, that will be needed to keep this club at the level it's at just now and let alone rebuild yeah. it and, 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 and yeah, the only club the only team to get worse by going full time yeah <laughs> and you know, uh, have you noticed the uh, Air United since they've gone full time suddenly there's been an immediate spark within them and they're uh, they're, they're a different kettle of fish altogether, and that's the spark I think that we were, lo- were looking for. And uh, and there, there really was none at all, was there? No, we I weren't mean, fitter at the end. We weren't better organised. We weren't. You know, there's nothing to commend. It really was. One, I, I met somebody, an Airdrie fan, a couple of weeks ago, and, and they were talking about uh, Jim Ballantyne when, when he took the club part time, and he had stood publicly and said that, that he had probably left it two or three years too long. And, and he had said that while he was involved in the club that there was no way that he would ever let it go full-time again because it just wasn't viable. Um, and it does make you wonder how much advice Tom Wotherspoon was given from the variety of people that were involved in the club during his tenure to guide him and, and give him the... the experience and the, 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 the insight that people like Jim Ballantyne had as to why decisions were made to make the club part-time and you know the and, and maybe counsel him against some of the decisions that he made that, that we've all now we're all now living to regret. And you mentioned social media but what strikes me at the moment is that the actual professional media stories that you you pick up you're cringing it's Gordon Dale saying oh we can offer you great training facilities and uh, probably a place in the squad, but we can't really offer you anything else. And I'm having to do this job for free. It just makes us look. Well, I can know. It's, it's a basket case. I mean, communications is it's, it's a big thing for me. It's how I uh, try and make a living. But um, it, the, the way that the club has communicated with and continues to communicate with its stakeholders, whether that's the fans, the media, or potential investors, uh, the business community, just beggars belief. And, you know, DL's 
statement was ill-advised at best. It was very blunt and, you know, very, very bleak. Um, and there comes a time where you have to sugarcoat some stuff, and I think that was one of those times. If you're trying to attract people to a club, particularly a head coach, um, and you're basically saying, come here and we can ruin your CV. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a great message. And there was also yesterday, which made me irrationally angry, because someone had put it on the Airdrie page, MNH Logistics running a competition oh. where one prize was a, a trip to Man United and the second prize was a, a, a hospitality package at the Ackies. Hamilton Ackies. Now, mm-hmm. that is our major shareholder at the moment. And, and that the, the third really prize, me. The third, third prize was rubbing your nose in a big doo-doo. <laughs> a, four, a, fourth, a fourth prize was a year's contract as Airdrie sent a forward down. So, so um, okay, but... Uh, Positive. Let's try and find some positives. What the the model that I tout and I want to see is being more open and saying, look, this is what we need to do. And I guess from a financial perspective, they have kind of come out and said we need you all to buy season tickets, uh, and the fans seem to have managed to come up with themselves. Actually, can you not just if you can't make the game, can you not just transfer your money into yeah. either the trust account or the football club account, which? If you're an absentee fan because you live far away, that, that that's going to have an instant help. I, I think the, the point that's missing would be great to launch something like that against a really positive. Here's your new owner. He's been Airdrie fan all these days. He wants to return the club to greatness, and, that, and this is how he wants to do it. Rather than please do it, because if you don't do it, we're we're in, we're in real trouble. Uh, that 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 was exactly the, the sell that was made. And he, 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 coming back to that, there's another instance of poor communication on the club's behalf here, because that was a good positive message that was put there. Um, that the. What came out of the meeting was, right, if you buy season tickets, we sold 276 season tickets last season. If we sell more than 276 uh, season tickets, we will promise to ring-fence that money to strengthen the squad. And then after that, there was a subsequent positive uh, message about if you pay more than what your season ticket actually costs, you'll get put into a prize draw. So there was an incentive for you to put an extra 10 or an extra 20 quid, whatever you could afford. So there's two positive messages. Now, since then... The club has done nothing to let us know what the season ticket sales are. Now, to me, it seems fundamental. It seems rudimentary that you would you would do a nice big graphic on the website and say we're at two hundred today. It's Can we get to the two fifty? Exactly. Yeah. Um, and and you, you you grow on that momentum and that strength of feeling, and and you know people people would buy into that. But instead, there's I've started seeing that that, that, that good that, that that determination starting to detract a little bit, and people saying, well, actually, this isn't our responsibility. You know, the responsibility lies with the people that have made these commitments in the first place. Um, and that's against the backdrop of, of three heartening performances on yeah. the pitch. Now, if we hit a, a sticky patch on the field, any of that that residual good feeling is, is, is it will quickly dissipate and uh, you know I, I think the club's missed a trick there they, they could have said you know get us to 300 guys and you know we'll, we'll, we'll give you a, 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 a lift around Craig Nuke and, and, and Ballantyne's Bentley or something you know <laughs> <laughs> so they could have kept that going and, yeah. and you know kept that, that, that Dunkirk spirit as you say and that rapport um, but they, they, they've just went back into their shell I haven't heard a peep from no from anybody since that meeting uh, from the club. Oh, you get in the, the, the club website, say, it's so-and-so's 14th birthday today, you know? Um, and th- 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 there should be this. Um, I remember... Was that, pu- was that the centre half of the centre <laughs> forward? No, 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 it was, it was Stephen Thompson or somebody, the other days, 18. Um, I remember when Partick Thistle were going through financial difficulties 20-odd 20, 20 years ago, and... and the, the, the momentum that they gathered and, you know, the, the spirit they galvanised in their in fan base, not be they've, got, they've got, they had and they still have a bigger fan base than us, but, you know, they double-trebled their home gate for their next home game because they basically came out and said to the fans, we need you, we yeah. need you. And uh, the fans bought that and they kept that spirit going, but we seem to have brought the fans into a room, told them, you know, we're in dire straits, we need your help, and then gone, retreated back into their... Their, their ivory tower almost, you know, so. It's kind of as it ever was though, I mean, I, I think if you look back over the years, the number of marketing faux pas and, or even just the lack of a marketing plan as such has been, 
you know, has it's been the constant almost since we since we became Airdrie United. You know, lots of lots of good ideas seem to have been ignored, or the the, the ideas that, that that were implemented weren't didn't go down particularly well. Remember, remember the sponsor the. I'm, I'm casting my mind back a wee bit, but remember spon the, the draw to sponsor the, the away strip that eventually was won by Edu Sports or something, the director, mm -hmm. and he got to put his name on the, the front of it. And, you know, just, just nonsense things that you would think, no, that's just not going to go yeah. down well with anybody. Yeah. And just, just the, the lack of understanding of that. And, you know, I find that quite depressing. I think any other positives before we move on? Well, I don't know if it's a positive. I think I think it's uh, we need to look at what's going, what what the likely scenarios are that's going to happen now. And you know, I think off the field and the, the ownership of the club, there's, there's to me there's there's three or four different scenarios. One is uh, at some point somebody decides right enough's enough and they call in the administrators, um, and you know that has its pros and its cons. It means that we would almost inevitably get, be relegated. Um, which is obviously a bad, <laughs> a bad outcome, but it might be an outcome anyway. Um, I'm right in saying we would we would not only lose our ten points, but we would be branded with being previously Clyde Bank, who were also in Liquidies, also in administration at some point. That would be a technicality. I that think there's a five-year rule well. which we might get around. Mm -hmm. uh, so you'd have a definite points deduction, which I think we can afford. Is it the same five-year rule that stopped Barry Ferguson getting, getting his money <laughs> taken back off him? We'll go into that. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, you know, going into administration, you're going to end up in the, the, the bottom tier of the, the, the league structure, um, probably, and they're going to have caused further damage to the to the Airdrie brands, mm -hmm. but it, it writes off some or all of the, the liabilities that were you know we're, we're obliged to to um, service at the minute um, the other one is that um, there is a consortium that comes forward and you know uh, what we discussed last time about a, you know a, a smallish number of like-minded Airdrie people um, coming together and, and buying out Wotherspoon and or the Ballantines and taking the club forward but again, given the, the, the cost base and the, the, the unknown quantities in terms of the liabilities that we do, I don't, I don't know if anybody's, anybody's going to do that. The third scenario is a sugar daddy comes in you know, from left field, and it happened with Wotherspoon, but the chances of it happening again are... are, are, are when you say it happened to Wotherspoon, how did that play out? <laughs> They're very slim, and, and uh, the, the three of those scenarios <laughs> are not... Not overly positive. What I am positive about is things will change. The status quo is not a scenario. You know, it's not viable. We're not a viable proposition yeah. at the minute. So things will change. They'll either will either disappear or will resurrect in some other form, um, and you know, move on from it in three, four, five years' time. Hopefully, we'll be seeing this as another learning experience. I hope you're currently getting I Am The Resurrection played behind you. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just to give us a wee bit of heart here, because I'm starting to think, I'm starting to feel a bit depressed, actually. Yeah. Yeah. What about the no-manager thing? Do you not think, you're talking about attracting people in and whatever, you know, there's, there's a serious lack of credibility there, isn't there? You know, what, yeah. what, what, do we, what do we do if we can't raise any further funding? Do we go through the whole the whole season with, without a manager? Because I'm assuming DL's going back to... Radio Clyde at some point in the next couple of weeks or so. Does Jenna become the manager? Tiger Tim. <laughs> Tiger Tim. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if there's ever been a, a senior club that haven't, unless they give Jenna the title of head coach. I don't know if if there's ever been a club that's that's started or, or run through a season. I was good doing it. I was trying to find something to do with. Uh, not having a manager and I really I couldn't find him the closest I go I can remember when I was at primary school and we did, <laughs> and we, did our, we did our Christmas nativity play and we were kind of there was no I, baby Jesus no we, we couldn't afford a manger that was about as close as I could get <laughs> but no there doesn't seem there doesn't seem to be anyway but I, but I then started thinking you know imagine we, had, we did quite well imagine we got promoted without a manager it could well, change football it forever. It could change football forever. <laughs> first ever penalty kick. The first ever season without a manager. Aye, aye. <laughs> could well, happen. 
all, all the half-baked shit Scottish managers would be would be <laughs> not hiding at nothing. They, they just wouldn't get a job anymore. And who who would you take then? So we'll come on to who it looked like was going to get a job in a second. Who's kicking about? I, I was thinking the other day, just get Doddy back just for just for the good story. Uh, but he's probably getting more for taking hospitality at Ibrox. I, I think just an old school. Alec McDonald, Jimmy Calderwood, I've had enough of, uh, of modern managers. I think someone that could really just scare them into actually training properly and being organised on a Saturday might not be the, the worst job, but a sensible old head. Dick Campbell. He, he's, he's, he's doing well, hasn't he? He's got a job. Oh, he has got a job. Yeah. I'll tell you, though, I, I, th- I think this is a, a, a time where somebody's going to have to put their hands in their pockets, and I'm not talking about the fans here, I'm talking about somebody that's, that's got a stakeholder, you know, a financial stakeholder in the club, because to allow the club to proceed through the season with a, a, a team of 18, 19, 20-year-olds and no head coach, I think is uh, it lacks... Um, you know, you talk about fit and proper people, um, and if you're you're allowing your business to be run in that manner, you've got to question whether or not they're fit and proper. And, and exactly. somebody's going to have to swallow some pride and say, "I'm going to have to find a slush fund to pay a salary to get somebody to to head up yeah. this team." Especially if they're trying to sell. Yeah, the club. especially if they're trying to sell the club, because as you've just pointed out, if we well, it's a real possibility that we get relegated. So value and airdrop must be really difficult. There's going to be pretty much no players by the end of the year uh, so your your assets are the license to play at the stadium lease, lease the stadium, lease for Ravens Creek which are really liabilities rather than, than assets the brand, whatever that means, a place in the football league so it's not it, it's not a lot that you're buying uh, and, and if that's then a place in the bottom tier of Scottish football it should be worth even less mm-hmm. so it would make sense that I know Wetherspoon doesn't want to put a lot of money in, but you must have a decision to make about does it cost them more to sell a League Two club than a League One club, and mm. therefore is it worth a punt of paying? And I don't think it would be massive amounts for someone that's out of uh, out of the game no. at the moment. No. no, I agree. I agree. And I was thinking about this earlier, actually, about if you're trying to sell a business, you know, anybody that's trying to sell a business tries to uh, beef up the the the. the, the the bank balance and 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 show that there's a there's a, an upward trajectory in order to increase the value and to to shrink the club to a fraction of its potential size in the hope of recouping as much money as you can seems seems yeah. like a a contradiction. Well, and the, the irony of the whole thing then becomes that if you're if you're a potential buyer for the football club, that as as if you were interested in buying it today, there has to be that feeling that. Thinking, oh God, Adrian are going to self-destruct pretty shortly, and I can buy it for substantially less. I, I'm even happy to leave it until the end of the season. So, you know, is is that actually putting off a quick, a, a quick conclusion to this problem? Mm-hmm. And that, I mean, that that's 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 the outcome of one of the scenarios I spoke about earlier. You know, the administration scenario, and, and you know, I I don't know anybody that is, but I would imagine that people who had any kind of passing interest in investing in Airdrie will, will be more than aware of the financial predicaments that we're in and, and the possible outcome of not fulfilling our debts and bringing in the administrators means that they could pick up the club for a fraction of what what the the, the, the incumbent owners are looking for at the minute. So there could be people sitting in the sidelines just waiting for the the worst thing to happen or that thing to happen before they come in and say right well we'll we'll, we'll resurrect yeah. I think there's also that little bit of a smoke screen at the moment of as you said the first few games probably we've done better than than anybody expected however you've got to look at it and think as soon as we get an injury or a couple of suspensions mm-hmm. what kind of team are we going to be putting on the park then and yeah. it's going to be absolute cannon fodder for oh, yeah, even the yeah. poorest of the of the league one teams are well, we're, we're only, those those three games there we only fielded four only named four substitutes in each of those games and is that because there isn't enough people to sit there or you know is that not because Joe Gorman gets sent home <laughs> yeah the Gorman the Gorman's a mystery and I mean this comes back to communications you know if, if I, I feel that if, if the club was was uh, open and transparent more open and transparent than it the, and it's chosen to be for a long time, then they would get a lot more empathy and sympathy from the fans. And uh, the fans think rightly or wrongly that 
they're not being told the, the, the entire situation and that's when this kind of belligerence festers, you know, and these rumours start to persist, so. Yep. Now back to your totaliser, this is how many season tickets were sold. At this level we can get another player on board, we can get a manager on board and you do it, whereas silence. Ah, it creates a head of steam, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. And, and mm-hmm. encourages people that, that mm-hmm. things are somehow moving forward, whereas mm-hmm. we've had too long that everything's been a step back and a step back. Mm-hmm. Barry Ferguson. So, what, a biz- what another bizarre story for, for, for Airdrie. All but announced. A proper Mo Johnston. Uh, it's the only team I wanted to manage, just about. Now, in fairness, we hadn't heard anything from the man himself, but I took it as a, that's going to be the manager, which didn't make much sense because I thought he would still command some sort of level of payment for the, the premium of his, of his name, because something must come with that. Uh, then he made clear that he didn't want the job, and then a couple of days later, uh, he's got something in common with Erdrich, because unfortunately for, for Ferguson, he's not got any money either. And it, it, I find it fascinating that guys like Ferguson, Chris Sutton, are so poorly advised in playing careers where they are making absolute stacks of cash and should be able to set themselves up for life that they end up in in that situation. Uh, so he's had a, it's been a really just strange story, but uh, he was rumoured to be the, the manager. What were your thoughts when that was going through and we, we thought that was going to be the, the appointment? Well, I mean, Barry Ferguson's name has been mentioned on and off for 18 months or so, you know, and, and Tom Motherspoon came out at one of his early meetings and said he was, he admitted that he was good personal friends with Barry Ferguson, but he would never work with him, he would never choose to work with him. Um, so I don't know where the rumour came that weekend, it all seemed to, you know, kind of snowball over over the weekend and by the Sunday night we were all convinced that Monday morning Barry Ferguson was going to going to be uh, announced as the manager um, and I went through a number of different emotions I thought oh god this is typical it's you know another example of the old boys network and then I started thinking about his track record as a manager and you know he didn't exactly set the heather on fire at Clyde and I was worried about that when percentage 35 percent at Clyde yeah well done Stato three months without a win at Clyde uh, I mean, he, 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 I think he would have fitted in quite well. Yeah, <laughs> but then there was a the part of me that was thinking, well, surely he's connected well enough, and perhaps the Clyde thing didn't work out because it were part time and the connections that he had, so he couldn't bring in players, uh, full time players from some of the, the the bigger clubs that he has connections with because of the part time status. And you know, I was kind of resigned to it. By the Sunday night, I was resigned to it. Right, Barry Ferguson. At least we've got some day, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And you know, I, I also had this. I, I, I was mulling over. Well, would Ferguson work for nothing, or work for a, a fraction of what he was worth? And I had I had come to the conclusion that perhaps he would to to put himself back in the shop window and and, and move somewhere else um, on the back of it. Um, and then I had heard that you know the, the the club had denied it on the Sunday, and then on the Monday that Ferguson denied it. And then when the when the the bankruptcy announcement was made, I just thought, God, this is you know the, somebody's writing an eighties soap opera here. Um, the guy who is absolutely nothing didn't want to be the Airdrie manager. <laughs> Does that not? We should just pause for thought there. The funniest, the funniest comment I've read in, in, on the online on the social media for for. Uh, for months was, you know, so uh, is it the Barry Ferguson going <laughs> to be appointed as Airdrie manager, which I thought was very, very funny. Um, I mean, I, the, the people I've spoken to about Barry Ferguson said he's a nice guy and, you know, that he um, that he conducted himself very professionally and, he, he, you know, there's a bit of bravado about him on the football pitch and, uh, you know, I, I don't know him. I don't know him personally. I, I, I know the, the way he behaved when he was at Rangers and particularly the way he behaved at, uh, during his Scotland um, playing career, and I, I wasn't a great admirer of. Uh, he was a decent footballer, but I wasn't a great admirer of of the way that he conducted himself. Well, bearing in mind he did all that while he was a lot of these things when he was either a club captain or an international captain, yeah. he was hardly a the, the, the picture of responsibility no. and somebody to look up to. Yeah, he, I, he was better than a decent player. I think he was one of the, if not the best player of his generation of. of, of Scotland players, players yeah. Yeah. which wasn't a great generation but he, he carved out a very good career 
I think when he was at Blackburn, Liverpool were sniffing about him, but he was homesick, so he wanted to come back to Rangers. But that doesn't make you a good manager. And you've pointed out, I don't think his record at Blackpool was great. Bit of a basket case club. Clyde, I actually think he was given decent resources when he was there, cause, uh, and some of their players, and Keegan Parker went there, uh, and they, I remember looking at the squad and thinking they looked like they had a decent team, and they were certainly in amongst the, the, the promotion, uh, promotion places. Did he but put some of his own money into, into Clyde? <laughs> well, <laughs> maybe that's where it went it's wrong. It's not his money, it's his wife's. <laughs> um, Mr Taxman. But you're right, you can't see past that image of Ferguson sitting in the Scotland bench, giving the two fingers to the, the, the press with his, his mate McGregor, and that's not becoming of someone that you want to be a manager. Uh, and so I think we've, we've, I'd almost rather have no manager, because um, I don't, uh, he's failed a couple of times, I don't think he... It might have twists and turns, who knows, he might get appointed next week, who knows. He might come back, but I, mm-hmm. I, I, hopefully not. I was appalled at the thought that he was going to be he was going to be appointed as a manager initially just purely on the basis of well here we go this, this, here's a guy with a, a, a lack of a proven track record but kind of like Danny I, I think as things went on I, I felt that the the credibility was suffering badly that, that we didn't have a manager at all and I sometimes feel as well that, 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 that managers football management can be a lucky thing you know, I think good managers have done very well at clubs and then gone on somewhere else and done shockingly badly. Therefore, you know, d- 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 does he get lucky and do you get a better squad of players, a better group of guys that, uh, that, that you can work better with? So I think by the end of it, I too was just, was neither up nor down is probably about as good. Yeah, Kesarata, exactly. I remember interviewing Jim Leishman many, many years ago when he was manager at Livingston. And he spoke about, you know, he had he had done phenomenally well at Dunfermline, and you know he had done really well at, at Livingston. You know, he had Livingston in the top half of the Premier League. And uh, I was speaking about his career, and he says I went to Montrose, and Montrose was the only place where it didn't click. And that, that phrase, it didn't click. Sometimes that can happen, you know. Sometimes, you know, for whatever reason, the dynamics of the dressing room or the way you got on with the board or a number of different reasons. Look at Ian McCall when, you know, for, for a number of years he cultivated quite a good reputation because he had a... And he probably took a core of five or six players or four or five players mm. with him wherever he went, including us. And then all of a sudden he, he, he plummeted upwards. Plummeted upwards. He, he moved upwards, mm. went to Dundee United. And the guys that he had relied upon were too old mm. and he had to make a brand new team out of, out of nothing. And that yeah. harmony and the, the, the go-to guys were no longer there. And suddenly mm. it, was a, it was a completely different yeah. manager and a completely different job. Mm. What I think the standout, Ian McCall is a, a really interesting one, Airdrie. So we'll all remember him arriving at the town hall and getting pelted with eggs which was just an odd start uh, that was a situation where there was very little money but they managed to get players who had something to prove players who mm-hmm. were hungry uh, you had Coyle who for some reason couldn't get a club at that point Roberts, McFarlane was an absolute find uh, and he pulled together a squad which almost won the league uh, pipped up a party thistle, no, no shame in that Jim Lambie I think made a comment about oh, he thought McCall was playing up how how tight they were for or how low we were in squad numbers, and we played them. They could have won the league at the at the Excelsior. He'd got a draw with them. Ian McCall was on the bench, and I'm surprised he found that it must have been Rocky shorts because he was huge, and that's how desperate it was. Mm. Uh, and you're right, he went to Falkirk, and there's already some talented players there. Took the best of his crop from Airdrie that he could, and had success. Then he kind of had a couple of Dundee United part of this, so didn't really work out from, but. Air. He's also when he's got old school, got an eye for a player. Knew that Paddy Boyle was a really good player at our level. Knew that Ross Dockery was a really good player at our level. And that's that's the kind of guy that that, that, that we'd be desperate for if you could get a new start, someone with a bit of nous about mm-hmm. them, because that's what's been missing in the last couple of years. And had we had Ian McCall rather than those that we've had, uh, we'd be in the we'd be in the championship. So how do we sum up Barry Ferguson then? What would he have brought to Airdrie? Uh, it's just another strange chapter in the life have of Airdrie. Have a gang of bailiffs now? Uh, <laughs> he, would, uh, he would have got us in the back pages. He would have got some yeah, uh, press know. coverage. Mm. But then actually, how many people were following Clyde that closely because he was there? So he'd have got a bit of a bit of interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and who knows, might have been a success, might not have been. Um, but yeah, we're, we're still rudderless at the moment.
reasons to be cheerful. Alan, cheer us up then, so go on. <laughs> Come on, Alan. Thank you very much. That's got to be the, most, the poison chalice of conversations. You want a job here. as the manager at Airdrie? <laughs> I'm throwing my hat in the ring. I don't have my badges. He, 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 can't do, he can't do days where he's doing a podcast, though, so it's a bit like the... I can't be there. You'll have to, I'll have to watch it on the, online or something. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, did, I racked my brains for things to come up with that were, that, that were reasonably cheerful. And the best I could come up with was Stenhouse Muir aren't in our league. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Nor are Peterhead. One for the journey, another one for the embarrassing defeats. Mm. Uh, so, that, you know, they were, they were pretty bad, weren't they, the Stenhouse Muir games last year? But you know the Stenhouse Muir thing that really annoyed me as well is the amount of times we lost really late in the game. Yeah. And the fact that the trust went, you know, that was that was the, the, the ACs away day, the Stenhousemere. So we would run a couple of buses, take a hundred kids down there, get them all excited in the party and then go and punish them for <laughs> being excited. Should get that magician to come along. <laughs> he could be the manager. He could magic as a couple yeah. of players. You could do it out of the balloons, you know, fashion a, fashion a defender from some, some balloons. Right, well, I'm, I'm blocking out the, the Clyde game. Obviously, and, I'm, and I think probably another reason to be cheerful is that at the moment we don't look as bad as we, we first thought. And, and sort of leading on from that, I think the, fort, the fans' response at the end of the, the Thistle game was really quite encouraging. I think everybody stood and applauded the players off the park very well. And, I, I, and these guys are hopefully going to take something from that. That there, mm. There's not that mm. feeling that everything is, is doom and gloom and, and you've got a stand full of irritated people mm-hmm. har- haranguing you. So, you know, I think that was pretty positive. I think uh, I, was, I said the other night that Cammy Fraser knows his way to go. I mean, Cammy Russell knows his way to go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, that, that was a bit, that's been a bit of a boon so far. The goal against Clyde was fantastic, wasn't it? The, this, was anybody there? No, <laughs> not, I'll take your word for it. It was, it, 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 it was excellent. Uh, so, yeah, that was, that was kind of good. Uh, Rangers are out of Europe. Yeah. <laughs> we've always got, we've got to take that as being a reason to be cheerful. God, uh, yeah, there's always somebody worse than you. Eh? Well, uh, it used to be that you know everybody was in, uh, was, was depressed that Scottish teams were out of Europe before Christmas time, and now it's they're out of Europe before, before the Glasgow the Fair. Before the Glasgow <laughs> Fair. Yeah. So and Game of Thrones is back, obviously. Yeah. So that's 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 all, that, that's a good one. What is yeah. that? I heard a description of Game of Thrones. It's just uh, Dungeons and Dragons with. Uh, with boobs. Well, I was going to say it's got more, <laughs> more tits than the Sweeney. <laughs> it's, it's obviously the programme that the kids go to school in. Now. Remember, we used to go to school and say, did you see the tits in the Sweeney last night? Well, it's, well, it's, now, it's now Game of Thrones. Did you see that? And there's a wee, there's a wee Peter Dinklage is in it. And I, I, I keep watching that and I always think, it just reminds me of all our fullbacks sort of through the 80s mm-hmm. and 90s. Mm-hmm. So he's about the same height as them all. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's... Uh, reasons to be cheerful that's about it I just cannot think of anything that's well you know my reason to uh, me uh, I, think. I, 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 I alluded to earlier the, the, the reason I'm most cheerful is not the right phrase but I think we're at rock bottom now you know we can't get Oh, Danny. Tempting fate. I'm going to start singing Danny Boy there. This, this oh, is the Danny. end point. This is the end point. What happens after this, I'm not sure, but it will. something will happen that will change the, 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 the direction of the club. Um, so I'm just, I'm, I'm actually looking forward to well, whatever did, is going to happen. I did I'm hoping it's the ream that's behind you then, because <laughs> if, if it was the Stone Roses earlier. I did notice you can still get 10% off the celebration cakes at the Bon Bon. So that's got to be something to think for, for about. For being a season ticket holder. For being a season ticket holder. So, you know, there's nothing to celebrate at the moment, but maybe there is. Maybe if we go and pre-book our, pre-book our uh, Airdrie League mm-hmm. champions yeah. cake and get our 10% off, it might, it might put something in the fate of the club. And uh, the, the, the lottery's 20 grand, so that's a reason to be cheerful. So we should all be putting that after paid Bob Reed £20. Bob Reed, I paid you £20. <laughs> if you won that, you could... You could Vie for being a major stakeholder on the club well, couldn't you? You could buy the ten of Airdrie for that. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, he's brave, brave from his home in West Lothian. Yeah. <laughs> My palatial home. I know, that, that was a Sean Connery type of remark I've ever heard one, wasn't it? Vote SNP, because I'm not there. From Malaga. <laughs> oh, well, this is supposed to be a season preview then, so... Um, 
I, I want to build on something you said last time round, Alan. The league is garbage. I think was the was the quote. And uh, last season, especially, I think it was a, a really poor um, league. Looking at the squad that we had last year, I think we all felt that we could have done better, especially when you had that winning run quite early on in the season. It got us up there, and you actually were thinking we could be we could be in a, a, a champ. Well, we could be in a, a league title battle with Livingston. Oh, they and should then, have been nipping at their heels mm-hmm. all the way. So who have we lost? We've lost Botang, Schmidt. Uh, we've lost Mackay, uh, Russell. Okay, uh, there's there's one that we. We will we miss. miss, but we haven't. In terms of who you would have wanted to keep, um, you still got. You still got Andy Ryan. I guess you still got the goalkeeper. Scott Stewart's resigned. The squad doesn't look that different to last year. So we spoke last time around about the loan market. If we could find a, a Liam Lindsay, like a, a good, a, quali- a Liam Lindsay, a Gasparotto, a quality centre half from from somewhere and I think probably a, a, a real good Scott Fraser type uh, uh, attacking midfielder, midfielder yeah, yeah somebody, not, somebody that can yeah. take the ball and cross it because uh, you know Adam Brown's not that guy and, um, we're probably three or four players shy of being half decent um, it's fine it's fine margins I think it's yeah. not yeah it's not a million miles away it's it's uh, okay, you need to wheel and deal well in the, the loan markets because we've seen it can go wrong as well. But if we can get those kind of players in, uh, a coach Jurgen Klopp said about his time in the. Well, you the think sec- he's going to come? Yeah, well, maybe. He said about <laughs> his time in the second division in Germany. That's where he thought that a coach could really add value because the teams the what they're, they're all much of a muchness, and I think that's going to be the case this time around. What do you expect? I expect Allah will be decent. I think Wraith Rovers will probably be very good, and I think Air will be very good. And then there'll be a real mix for that last playoff place. Uh, and uh, I think if we get ourselves organised, big if, uh, I don't think it's impossible that we could be involved in that because I don't think the team's that different from last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our complaint, as you've touched on it, the, the responses to the game so far this season have been positive, even in defeat. And where we, we spoke about last year, the, the, the fans, the club kind of moaning about, about us not backing them. If you can show your Drew fans effort, they will back you. The early days of Jimmy Boyle when he got forced to go with youngsters, went down to Kilmarnock, I think they lost something ridiculous like 5-2. Uh, but the, the, the team was cheered off the pitch. So a couple of a couple of real clever signings slash loan deals, a coach that's got something to prove and a bit of ability, uh, I think we could, be, we could be in the mix. I agree. I th- I'd go a step further than that, I think. I do stand by the fact that Scottish football is in a terrible position. I don't think our league is very good at all. And if you can put together exactly what you've said, I, I think we could win the league. I equally think we could get relegated. <laughs> you know, so that, you know, there's makes for an exciting time. Yeah. Buy your you season know, tickets. The, 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 yeah, lucky white hair. The, the, the funny thing for me is I've been so Inv- well, not involved I've been so preoccupied by what's been going on with our club I haven't even paid any attention to any of the rest of the teams in our league I don't know who Rafe signed or who they've retained from last season or what they've done same with uh, Aloha or, or uh, Air United so I don't know um, <clears throat> but as, as you've both said it's fine margins if we could get lucky and bring in a couple of decent loan players that's going to bolster the youngsters and, and you know provide a spine for the club and we can bring in a motivator as a head coach who's going to keep them organised and fit. Who knows? That's what it's all about. I think it's the motivation and I think that's the difference between the Thistle game for example the other night and a number of performances midway through the season was that you felt that there were semi-decent players out there but they just... You almost felt that like you know, they weren't breaking sweat. There was nobody walking off no. that park that you thought they've tried. They've died for the jersey there. Was it? No, not at all. No. In fact, the, the, the main grievance I think last season was was the the, the attitude of, of the the guys on and off the pitch, and it was this kind of nonchalant. Uh, we're here and we're, we've turned up, so that's us. Don't know what all that we need to do really, and uh, you know, it's easy. It's so much easier to back um, average players who are trying their hardest than it is to back good players who aren't bothering. 
anyone else? <laughs> Danny, you've not given us any reasons to be cheerful. Come no, on. Well, I mean, I, I do think. Listen, things will change. I'm, I'm confident that things will change behind the scenes, and we might have some, some pain, and and will be turmoil. But um, you know, I'm, I'm confident that Airdrie will survive in some capacity, and if we can, if we can emerge from this and. Uh, see the club as, as a, an asset for the community and rebuild the club as such, I, I think there's a, there's a more positive future. And, you know, we were all taken, everybody or most people were, were, were taken in by Witherspoon and his, his ambition. And it's been a disappointment that, that that didn't come to anything. But it wasn't founded on the values that are shared by a lot of the fans and, and you know, this community spirit and this, this need to get the club back into the heart of the town and, you know, this this understanding that having an asset in the town, that this diamond becomes the, the brand uh, for, for Airdrie. I don't think Witherspoon bought that. You know, I don't think he ever bought that. And, and uh, if we can emerge from this latest drama with with uh, people at the top who do buy that and do build the club around that, I think that that can only be a very positive thing. So what are our hopes for the season then? Well, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you know, I, I was hoping that we would, we would, we would be able to fulfil our fixtures. Yeah. <laughs> we, we aim high, Dan. <laughs> um, and, you know, it's... Uh, I've got very low expectations. <laughs> I think uh, you just have to assume we could win the league. Ah, no, I was, I, I was going to say, as terms, I was keeping my expectations a little bit low. Oh. You know, I was thinking things like real HP sauce from the pie stand. Oh, wouldn't that be quite nice? Instead, have you ever have you had the HP sauce, no. the, the brown sauce out the pie stand? I'm, I'm banned from the pie stand, unfortunately. Oh, oh it's just it's, it's just by horrible. your wife. I, I don't know what's in that. I had a pie the other night, and it was it's just this this brown. This brown sludge—it's like it's, it's, it's like jobby jam. Oh, well, it's, it's the stuff. That, it's the stuff that skewed out of the the Costa coffee machines. It's oh, it's, it's basically fecal matter. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. So that, that's 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 what I mean by aiming low here. You know, I'm quite happy to have some branded sauces coming out of the coming out of the pie stand. That would do me fine. My first uh, when I was at university doing journalism, my, my first campaign in journalism. My, uh, investigative reporting was getting the the um, refractory they called it the, the the canteen in the university they used to charge eight pence for a portion of sauce, and I did a big campaign in Veritas, which was the, the student newspaper, to to reduce the cost to five pence. Really, <laughs> and I won. <laughs> she Guevara lives. <laughs> I think we'd all say the biggest mistake was was leaving Broomfield before we had a a, a new a plan for a new stadium in place. You're never going to top that. No, you probably aren't. You're, you're <laughs> probably right. In fact, that's that's, that's, Wait, that's that's end of discussion. That's five. <laughs> that's five of my ones off the, off the list. Um, players, waste of money. Players, waste of money. Players. We don't really pay money for them anymore, but we made some cracking mistakes recently. Uh, yeah, Botang coming from Arsenal, I, I still can't get my head uh, my head around that. Um, Schmidt scoring a hat trick against us. I think Cammy Russell must have outscored them now in about ten minutes. How did uh, Schmidt ever score three goals against our defence well, last that, year? Yeah, that, that said more about the defence than it did about Kevin Schmidt. I think. Come on, there's some there's some good wasters for waste of money from way back. What about what about eighty k for Wes Reid? Remember that? Is that what he was? 80k? 80,000. There's quite a good story about that, actually, that somebody was pointing out, one of my friends was pointing out to me uh, earlier, that he signed from Bradford and and Alec McDonald, I think, wanted to sign Phil Barb instead, but he was 160,000 and therefore slightly too expensive. Now, Barb then went on to, uh, I think he, was it 3.5 million? He went to Liverpool Liverpool for. So that was a a narrow one for us, Mm -hmm. a mistake. Um, Gordon McLeod, £100,000. Remember that one? Although I suppose that was tempered by the fact that we not swap him for Nipper. You know, kept the receipt, changed it over for somebody else. I sort of threw it out to a few more of my, of, of my friends and I got a, an interesting uh, bunch of, uh, sort of suggestions back of other wastes of money. Somebody suggested Peter Heatherstone's salary was, was a bit of a waste of money in the end, if we remember that. 
Um, Carol Harris's plane fare. Do you remember Carol Harris playing for Gordon McQueen? Um, Hugo Faria. There's a, yeah. a waste of money. Blair Nimmo probably didn't deserve much money out of Airdrie. It was a bit of a waste of money, wasn't it? And as far as mistakes that were made, somebody p- pointed out to me, remember we released Jim Bett <laughs> back in 1978, and also Bernie Slavin, remember? Mm. You know, he wasn't particularly well thought of yet, went to the Rovers and then went on to bigger and better things and I think mm. we just didn't like him because he wore his shorts in a funny manner didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> he looked a bit strange mm, kicked with the left foot maybe yeah. that's what it was I'm sure there's a, probably a few of Jimmy Bones horse bets that were a that were a, a, a mistake as well and uh, you know the thing with the 10,000 seat stadium as well the irony of this is there, 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 there's only two clubs in Scotland that adhere to that that dictat by the the Scottish the SFA and you know one St Johnson the others ourselves and that was just a wee bit of timing. I think the mistake was the fact that we left Broomfield too hastily and, you know, spent spent those wilderness years up in Cumbernauld. If we had moved with a solid plan to move into another seat, you know, another base in the stadium, it, sorry, in the town within a year or so, things might have been different. Who knows? You can't even see the 10,000 seats now. What are those big black... <laughs> sheets that have been put over I, I thought that was another trust flag or something no, it was no. just in fact the two trust flags have disappeared we'll need to find out where they are they'll be hiding somewhere we're, we're, back, to the, we're back to the Elton John songs again funeral for a friend <laughs> <laughs> Only Lonely Podcast can be contacted on Twitter our website and Facebook and we ask for your submissions uh, to, to add to the show and this week we're looking for a song for Airdrie uh, I can remember the days when Kennedy's hair and Johnny Martin's anatomy used to start songs amongst the Airdrie faithful, uh, but it seems like songs for players have disappeared. Uh, the response so far has been underwhelming, but just to prove, we will have a go at them. So uh, here's a couple of entries from Adam Nielsen uh, from REM. That's him in the corner, that's him in the spot, light, losing Andy Ryan. Don't know if that one will catch on. <laughs> Are we meant to sing these along with you? Well, I didn't realise you were actually going to sing. We can do shots each of you. And <laughs> oh, I, was just taking, I was just taking a bill out for the team. I don't know the other one. Bingo. What the, is there what is was that? a club that had no cash and Wonga was required. W-O-N-G-A. W-O-N-G-A. W-O-N-G-A and Wonga was required. It's not bad. It's not bad. As kids' party songs go. Adam's also said that we should have um, a big break theme tune for our new Wizard of Wishaw, John Higgins, uh, but he's not he's not offered one. Uh, I'm disappointed that I never managed to start uh, to the tune of You're So Vain, Jamie Bain. <laughs> you probably think this song is about you, which I might, I might try when Forfer come visiting this year. Um, I, I put a lot of thought into this, and um, 90s kind of dance tunes seem to be the way to go because I know that, that um, Will Griggs on fire took over the Euros by storm so uh, for, for our star player I think I'm going to have to stand up and get into this one because it's a it's a bit of a rocky he's, one he's had a half bottle of Coors Light he's got a beard he scores goals to the playoffs, here we go. All right now, we don't mind that the club's got no cash. Andy Ryan scores goals. Andy Ryan, Andy Ryan, Andy Ryan, Andy Ryan. There you go. If that's not sung before the end of the season, I'll be very disappointed. Oh, he's just signed for Livingston. <laughs> That's you just woken up all the people that were listening to the podcast at three in the morning or something, drifting <laughs> off to sleep. Well, we're, we're, we're desperately looking to, to uh, balance the, the gender mix here, so we, we, had asked a, we had asked a couple of women to come and join us in the back, back of this pub uh, on, a, on a piss in the rain Thursday night, but they said no, so if there's anybody that would like to get involved, please, please let us know. We're going to try and do this every month and uh, you know we've already run out of things to say so <laughs> if there's anybody who wants to get involved please let us know do you know i've often wondered where 
football songs emanate from? Is there a, a, an official night in the pub somewhere that the guys sit down and write these songs? Somebody was suggesting Do you think this amounts of recreational drugs used to, used to fuel on the bus to away games. I was so. on the Stranraer, the train to Stranraer, when Big Alan Love and uh, Ian Carson and the guys had a ghetto blaster with the Jungle Book. And they were playing the Jungle Book for the Jungle Book the whole way down and just trying to find a list that worked. And I think one in a hundred would work and then that would be it, you know? <laughs> what, did they write it down? Have you got that? Have you got that? The song sheet, the official song sheet. I always wonder where EIO came from. Well, she told me it means like going to war. EIO, EIO. And the Melbourne fans sing. They don't sing EIO, EIO, Melbourne. They just go... EIO, 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 and keep doing it. Then so, you hit you with a baseball bat. Well, aye. Only the Lonely comes to you from the Post and Calder Bank, who have kindly provided use of their lounge for the recording. We rely on the technical wizardry of Ross Owen, friend to the stars, and we ask you to support him. Details of Ross's show are on www.therossowenshow.com. We'd also like to give a big shout out to the other half of the Super Lambio brothers. Uh, Grant, we know that you've not been well. We're hoping you're making a good recovery, and we'll see you soon. Dum 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 dum